This episode of Bring Your Kid to Work is brought to you by Lioness Media. It's time to bring your kid to work. Hey everyone, it's time to bring your kid to work. It's the family podcast that explores the world of work through the eyes of parents and their kids. Each week, we interview one parent and their child to chat about what they do for work, what they like, what they don't like, and how they got there in the first place. Let's find out who we're talking to today. It's bonus episode time. We had so many great stories this year, but a lot of people have been asking about why did this whole podcast come to be? So I've got a real special treat. I've got my kids, the big ones, Megan and Alex, interviewing me for a bonus episode. I really hope you enjoy it. I'm a bit scared. (laughs) Hopefully they don't ask me anything too girly. Let's get on with the show. Hey everyone and welcome to a special edition of the Bring Your Kid to Work podcast. My name is Megan and I'm joined with my co-host Alex. Hey everyone, we're not your usual host but don't worry, mum is still here. She'll just be the interviewee today in this episode of the podcast. That's right. Today is all about turning the tables and putting our amazing mum, Nicole, in the hot seat. She's usually the one asking the questions but today we're bringing our mum to work. It's a bonus episode, people, and we've got some burning questions for her. We thought it was about time for everyone to find out what it's really like being the host of Bring Your Kid to Work. Absolutely. We've been listening to her talk to all these amazing people, and it got us thinking, what makes a person start a podcast like this? As well as, how does she choose the guests and the questions? Not to mention, of course, we all want to know more about her experiences with work. Well, we're about to find out, so buckle up, listeners. Today is all about family, fun, and flipping the script. Get ready for a behind-the-scenes look at Bring Your Kid to Work. And maybe a few surprises along the way. Let's dive in and get to know the woman behind the mic, our mum, Nicole. Okay, mum, let's start at the very beginning. What was your first job? My first job was with my mum and dad in the butcher shops. Over the Christmas holidays, it was their busiest period, and... My sister had a job, so I would have been home alone. So they came up with this harebrained scheme that I would pretend to be Santa. I would dress up as Santa and greet the customers at the butcher shop, which basically kept me from being at home alone. I think I was 10 when I first started doing that. So every Christmas I would be at the butcher shop wearing a full Santa suit, uh, very clearly not Santa, very clearly pretending, beard, pillow down the shirt, the whole thing. And when it got really, really hot because it was summer, I would go into the cold room where all the meat was stored and just kind of take off my fake beard and just sit there and try and breathe a little bit easier in the cooler air. So that was my very first job. It evolved into doing book work on weekends as well. So I'd do payroll. Dad used to actually you know, pay people with money in envelopes and stuff. So we'd do all that together on a Saturday afternoon. And yeah, that was my very first job from 10 to probably 15. Did everyone know that you weren't the real Santa? Oh, well, <laughs> it's pretty funny because <laughs> the customers, you know, every year they would come for their Christmas ham and they'd be all, doesn't Santa have very pretty blue eyes and hasn't Santa grown this year? They knew very well that it was me pretending to be Santa. It was pretty fun. And what about one where your parents weren't the employer? Did you have a job that you started during school? 
The first job I got where I had to go for a job interview was at Macca's. So I was 14 and they were opening a new Macca's in my town. I was really excited to go down to the cricket club and go for an interview. I got the job and started working at Macca's just after my 15th birthday. And did you enjoy Macca's? I loved it. What did you enjoy about it? drive through was absolutely my favorite thing. Friday nights, really busy, lots of cars and just having a great time with friends. It's a really good first job, I think. So, Mum, what's the worst job you've ever had? Oh, the worst job. Uh, It's kind of a toss-up. There's a couple of things that make things a bad job for me. One of them is having to wake up really, really early. So one of the jobs that I didn't really love that much was when I worked at the bus depot at Tawong. It was different shifts that you had to do because buses obviously start really early in the morning and they finish really late at night. So you needed people to cover those shifts. And one of the shifts was starting at 3.30 in the morning. So I'd have to set my alarm for 2.30, get up and have a shower and maybe have something really little to eat that didn't make the microwave ding so it didn't wake up (laughs) your dad. Drive to the Tuong bus depot, open the gates next to the big fuel tanks, go through the massive servicing garage where they did all the servicing of the buses and pick up any lost property overnight and then drive around to the front of the depot, open that up, change over the security tapes and open the entire depot. And I was by myself and it was so early. I really struggled with that one. Um, But the other kind of worst job, I think, is one where you don't feel very supported by the people that you're around. And that makes a huge difference. So if you don't feel like you believe in what you're doing, if you don't feel like people have your back, that's a really, really hard thing to come back from because then you come home from those jobs and feel a bit rubbish. And then everybody in the house knows that you feel a bit rubbish because not very good at hiding when I do, when I feel like rubbish. <laughs> so what makes a good boss? What's something your favorite bosses have done that have made a difference for you at work? Oh, a good boss is someone who sees your potential, not just what you can do right now, but what you are capable of and gives you challenges to stretch yourself and to make yourself grow. And they back you and they give you credit when you've done a great job. So they don't go to their boss and say, oh, it was all my idea and I did it all myself. They say, for example, one of the best bosses I've had was always, this was all Nick. She did it all. This was her idea. What a great execution. Those are the kind of bosses that you want, someone who sees what you're capable of and helps you get to that place. But they don't let you get away with stuff either. I think. <laughs> when you need to learn a lesson they're quite happy to teach you in a kind and productive way so yeah those are really good bosses ones that believe in you and want to see you reach your potential so yeah that would be the thing that makes a difference for me at work someone who saw me and saw the qualities that I had and thought you've got some skills that are unique and you've got attributes that we can grow and I'm going to help you get there And they were really specific about that. So that made a difference to me, for sure. When you were in school, what did you think you wanted to be when you grew up? So when I was in primary school, I was quite sick as a kid. And it 
took a long time to work out what was wrong with me. I'd finally gone to this pediatrician who said, this is what's going on. This is your diagnosis. And I honestly thought that he was some kind of magician. And from then on, I wanted to be a pediatrician. And then in high school, we were dissecting a bullseye in science. The teacher said, lift up the bullseye. I mean, they're pretty big. Lift up the bullseye and have a look and see what a bull sees. And that was it. Everything started getting loud and I felt hot and I had to run out of the room because I was about to faint. So I figured if I couldn't cut up a bullseye, I probably wasn't going to be able to get through medical school. But after that, I wanted to be the first female Prime Minister of Australia and also that didn't happen. So, Mum, did you go to uni? Yes, I did go to uni. I went to uni a lot. (laughs) I've been to uni a lot. And not just as a student, I actually worked at a university for a while, so I've been on both sides of it. I started university because Brisbane City Council paid for half of my uni when I was working there. I don't know that I would have gone otherwise and... They were really supportive of me getting a university degree, even if it wasn't completely related to what I was doing for a job, which was amazing. And I started it before Megan was born and it took me eight years to get my Bachelor of Arts after you were also born, Alex. And so (laughs) I did that by correspondence part-time, mailing assignments back and forth and all that sort of thing. It was pretty bonkers. And then decided to go back when you guys were a little bit bigger and get my teaching qualifications. And then I had your sister and your brother and did a master's degree. So I got my master's of learning and development. Been to uni quite a lot. I really love to learn. I hate assignments, but I really love to learn. And that's the price you kind of have to pay when you go to university is that you have to prove that you've learned something. So really enjoyed it. It was a long process. Why did you start bringing your kid to work? Well, I started it because I was also teaching and had grade 11s and 12s who really didn't know what they wanted to do for a job. Well, they had ideas but had no idea what the job was. fascinates me that you can want a job but not have a clue about what your day would look like and so whether you would really like it. I wanted to tell those stories. I wanted to get it out there so people had an idea rather than going in blind. And also, if you're in the middle of your career and you go, this is not for me, whatever I'm doing right now is not for me, it's quite special to be able to hear someone else who does a job that you might aspire to and hear how it impacts their entire life. So not just about how they feel about their work, but how their kids, if they want to have a family, you know, how how their kids feel about that job because you're a whole person, you're not just a worker bee. And so it's nice to get that kind of all-round understanding of, of what a job means in your life. And you guys were going through your transition into adulthood and trying to work out what you want to do for a job. Apart from being a podcaster, what has been the best job that you've had? Oh, best job apart from this one. That's really hard to answer because I think there's so many different things that you get from different jobs. I loved Macca's drive-thru on a Friday night, but I think that was because I was still a kid really fun to be with my friends and that was great. But as an adult, I think one of the best jobs that I had was my first kind of grown-up job, Brisbane City Council, when I worked in what they used to call, and I don't know if they still do, records management. It was a lot of filing and actually 
opening the mail in the mail room of a morning. So I'd have to be at work at seven o'clock and there was a basement in City Hall that we would all gather in and open all the mail, people paying their parking fines or people complaining about a dog barking all night long. Anything that people wanted to talk to council about that they would send a letter about, we got to open them all and then make sure there was a file for whatever needed to have a file and distribute it to whoever needed to do the work to answer the question. That was really fun to be able to be the first person to figure out what somebody needed and to be able to get it to the right place. I like that. How do you choose the guests that you have on the podcast? Oh, I like people with interesting jobs. I think there are so there's so little information about what people do every day in the jobs that they have. And when kids are choosing a job or when you're thinking about changing your career as an adult, you actually don't have a sense of what people's day-to-day is like. So you think you might want a particular job, but what does that person's day look like? How do they spend their time? Is that something you'd be interested in? So I like to choose guests who have lots of different jobs to try and get a really good picture for people of all the different kind of jobs that they can do. Because particularly as a kid, you only really know about the jobs that your parents do. And then, you know, there's teachers and doctors and nurses and police officers. You don't have a big sense of what's out there in the world. It's all about trying to find things that are unique and different and give people a sense that there's a world of possibilities. And of course, they have to have kids and they have to want to be on a podcast. So that's another thing that makes me able to choose my guests. Okay. So you run the podcast, but what does that actually look like for you in a day? (laughs) What do I actually do all day? This is one of the things I do. So I record podcasts, as you know, and that takes up a little tiny sliver of what the job entails as a podcaster. The biggest thing is the editing. For every hour of audio that I record, it takes me at least three times as long to edit. And it is a process that I have to get in the zone for. And so it sometimes takes me a little while to work up the energy to sit and concentrate on doing that editing. And then there's the social media aspect, putting together things for Facebook and Instagram and TikTok. That happens to be something that I use to promote the podcast. So I put that out there as well. Then I'm chatting to guests or scheduling guests or making sure that I can get the next person ready to go. It's lots of different bits and pieces, but I think the The biggest chunk is the editing. And I also do some editing for another podcast as well. So yeah, that takes up a lot of my time. And if you couldn't be a podcaster anymore, what do you think you might be doing instead? I think my favorite jobs have had space for me to have conversations with different people. So they call that stakeholder relations where you have a job that you have to do, but you have to talk to somebody else about it, or you have to tell them what's going on, or you have to get their input. So having a job that requires me to do some writing, do some chatting with people. I mean, since I've become a grown-up, I've wanted to be Richard Feidler when I grew up. (laughs) He does those conversations on ABC radio. Yeah, I think that's a couple of other things that I would do instead. Megan, when you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? So when I was little, I had a couple of different eras of what I wanted to be. I know it started out as early as I can remember from when I started school and I was really obsessed with my prep teacher and loved 
everything about her. And so I would come home and force Alex to be my student and I would practice being a teacher and we would role play school. And so I think that's probably the first one that I really wanted to be when I grew up was a teacher. A couple of other things I loved, I really loved sharks and stingrays and dolphins and I thought that marine biology was going to be really interesting. Until I worked out, I hated science and swimming in the ocean. So that one ruled that out. I also really loved acting and singing. And I thought that I wanted to do something either on stage or behind a camera and do film work. And I thought that that was really interesting as well and did classes and lots of stuff at school that I loved. Alex, what did you want to be when you got big? It's hard, it's hard to think of just one job. I've had many I've wanted to be throughout my life. I went through a phase of wanting to be a paleontologist. Uh, there was a lot of ideas around being a cop. But, yeah, everything, everything changed every year. And I had a new, new want every year. Megan, you're a teacher. What do you like about the job that you have and the job that you get to do? I love working with kids. I think being the oldest of four kids myself and also being one of the oldest cousins in my family, I was always surrounded by kids and loved playing with them. And that was always a passion. And so it made sense to try teaching. I love being on my feet all day. I love that no day is ever the same. You never get bored. I also just love working with families. It's really nice to be a part of so many people's village. You know, they say it takes a village to raise a child. I have such a privilege of being one of the people in the village. And I think you can learn so much from kids and I do every single day. It's a really rewarding career. I get to see so much progress. I get to see kids from the beginning of a year to the end and how much growth they've had throughout, which is incredible. I also love the people that I work with. Generally, teachers are so passionate about what they do. I think if you don't have that passion, then you don't really last or you don't pick a career in teaching without that passion. And so it makes for really inspiring conversations and professional developments and you're always learning from each other and everyone does things so differently that it's so amazing to have such a wide variety of people around you that are doing the same thing as you that you can learn from and also go oh I like that but I think I'm going to do it differently and vice versa. If you weren't a teacher what other job do you think you might like to try? If I weren't a teacher what would I be? I think that one's really hard for me because I can't really see myself doing anything other than teaching. Maybe within teaching, designing resources and helping uh, like beginning teachers and things like that potentially, but I can't see myself sitting in an office. I can't see myself. I think I really found the one thing that makes me tick and the one thing that I can look forward to going to work in the morning. But yeah, I don't know. I can't, I don't think I have an answer for you there. Alex, what do you like about the job that you have now? The best parts about my job right now are the people I work with because they're always there to support you, especially if you know you fall ill, they understand that it's not your fault and they don't make you feel bad about not being able to come in. So what do you think your ideal job would be? What's, what's a great job for you, Alex? Honestly, I have no idea what my ideal job is. 
there's so many out there that I don't even know exist. And the ones that I do look at, I can find something I like about them, but you can always find something you don't. I want to be somewhere in business. I've been doing a lot of stuff with my esports diploma, looking into that, marketing, recruiting, all sorts of stuff that involved the relationship between consumers and an agency or a company or a product. Finding those relationships and what works within them is very interesting. Alex, do I like my job? I th- you definitely like your job being on the podcast. Which do you feel was my favorite job that I've had? I think this has to be your, this is your favorite because you don't have to answer to bosses who either don't know exactly what they're doing or they try to micromanage. Um, you get to be a little bit more free with what you want. It gives you a lot more freedom to hang out with us, hang out with the kids. It's a lot more rewarding for you, I believe. Megan, you've seen me take on lots of different jobs over the years. Which do you think was the best fit, the best one for me? I think the job that was the best for you, I think, is a job that you've done every day since the day I was born, and that was being my mom. Although it's not a paying job, it is a full-time one, and I think we all, the four of us, are so lucky to have such an incredible mom that stayed home with Alex and I for a large portion of our upbringing and back at work and whatever the situation was, it didn't matter because we had the best mum ever. And so I'm a little biased, but I have to say that that was one of the best jobs, is the best job for you. Um, But in terms of paid employment, I always think that jobs that give you, that you have passion for, are very people aligned. You're very good at making really strong, deep connections with people from all different walks of life. And I definitely notice when you have not only a team that you feel connected to, but the job involves you connecting with other people. And I think that's why this podcast is fantastic. It has the best of both worlds where you're connecting with people and you're able to have deep conversations and have some level of impact, but it's also on your own terms. You're not being forced into what someone else wants for you. You're able to fully be yourself. And I think that that's something that's pretty special about doing this podcast. I don't know. I think the local government job, I think I saw a lot of passion in. I know you had some amazing people you worked with, but I think I haven't seen that passion for what you do as much as with local government you'd come talking about the mayors that you saw and what they were doing and I think when you were running for parliament as well it, there was a lot of passion about how you could change things and the impact that you could have on people that was really interesting and exciting to watch you care so much about what you were doing and also the hope and the inspiration of what a future could look like if things were changed and things like that and so I think any kind of job you've had where there's been that impact that you could see right in front of you and have those strong, deep connections with people in all different kinds of walks of life, I think have been the best for you. Yeah. I 
understand why people love being interviewed for the pod so much. Our kids really do have some insights into our strengths and weaknesses that even we might not see. Wow. Thanks, Megan. Thanks, Alex. I love you guys heaps. I hope you've enjoyed this special bonus episode of Bring Your Kid to Work. This one wraps up season one for us. We've heard some fantastic stories so far on the pod, and I'm so excited to introduce you to new jobs and new fab parent and kid guests in season two. I look forward to talking to you all next week. Bye for now. Bring Your Kid to Work was recorded in Mianjin on the lands of the Jagera and Turrbal people who've been sharing their stories for more than 60,000 years. Thanks for listening to a favourite episode of Bring Your Kid to Work Season 1. We can't wait to bring you more stories in Season 2. And in the meantime, we're replaying some of our favourites. And we may even have a cheeky bonus episode in there too. We hope you love it. If you haven't already, make sure you give us a review on your podcast player of choice. It helps other people find the show. And follow Bring Your Kid to Work and subscribe wherever you're listening now and send your favourite episode to a friend. These stories are too good to keep to ourselves. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Bring Your Kid to Work and on Facebook at Bring Your Kid to Work, the podcast. And did you know you can join the conversation? Join Bring Your Kid to Work Career Conversations community on Facebook for great career tips and conversations about the journey of work, workplace culture and parenting while working. If you have an idea for someone for us to interview in Season 2, please jump online and visit bringyourkidtowork.com to drop us an email or DM us through the socials. Thanks again for listening. Bring Your Kid to Work is a Lioness Media production. This episode was produced and edited by me, Nicole Lessio. Our music is composed by Rakuo, with graphics and design by Anastasia Makuka. Follow Bring Your Kid to Work on your podcast player and all the socials and visit bringyourkidtowork.com to see our blog, transcripts from our episodes, and to sign up to our newsletter for the latest updates. Talk to you soon.